People ask me all the time. Where do you like to eat? What's your favorite food? What's the best thing you've ever eaten? That's why we're here now. Not only to tell you what we love to eat, but where you can go get it. When it comes to fruit, this dish is so unique. It's an unbelievable flavor. It's a shock to your system, like, this is fruit? It's fruity, creamy, and absolutely delicious. There's no better way to combine a fruit with a dessert. You've got to try this dish. It's the best dish I've ever eaten with fruit. When it comes to fruit, it has to be the guava. Guava, for me, just sings Latin America. You can hear the salsa music in the back. You're like, here comes Mr. Guava. You just feel like you're starting to go because it's like, I know it's guava time. The way I like guava is in a pastry at Versailles in Miami. They redefine pastry. France, move over. Here comes Cuba. It's absolutely rico. Guava pastry, it's like puff pastry. And then inside is this guava paste, which is just melted down, sweet, luscious jam of guava. It's a staple in Caribbean cooking. At Versailles, at this wonderful old school Cuban joint in the heart of the Cuban community in Miami, in Calle Ocho, that's what it's about. The flavor of guava is so unique. I know that every time I go back to Miami, I have to make a stop at Versailles and have my guava pastry. This place is synonymous with their pastries. They make 16,000 of these guava pastries a week. Every hour, pulling out freshly baked pastries. These guava pastries are not easy to make. It's about laying down a puff pastry, then another piece of puff pastry. and ends up being 168 layers of pastry. In essence, you take a bunch of guavas, you cook them down with sugar and pectin, and sort of make your own little jam. It's just piped in, covered, and then it's baked. Once I start to see that pastry come my way, you know goodness is coming. I don't mess around. I go right with my hands. Knife and fork, I don't think so. I drink the little coffee with my left. I eat the pastry with my right. You bite into this really crispy, buttery, rich, flaky, airy pastry. And then what comes after that is just a big right hook of wonderful guava flavor. And it's something that I, could, I, I, I dream about. Part of me is I be transported to Cuba. Okay, so this was worth the laundry bill. Does that not make you weep? Makes me weep. So wonderful. You just cannot deny how delicious it is. We're talking about fruit today, so I'm gonna talk to you about a fruit salad. It's nothing what you'd expect. We're talking a savory fruit salad. It's a shock to your system, like, this is fruit? So what I'm talking about here is the green papaya salad at Out the Door in San Francisco. It's crunchy, refreshing, crisp. It's perfect. This is not your normal fruit salad. It's not like going to grandma's and fruit salad with jello. At Out the Door, they're able to take green papaya and unripe fruit. So it's crunchy and a little bit tart. Make it into a beautiful salad. Everybody know about papaya, nice and orange, but you can pick them green to get this really great crunchy texture. You see the salad all over Vietnam. I've had a lot of green papaya salads. It's never as good as out the door. You get this green papaya, and then they have to slice it. They use a Japanese mandolin, and they cut it in these little threads. It looks like angel hair pasta. The key herb is rau ram. So Vietnamese mint, then a little chopped cucumber and celery. We use a pickled carrot to give a little color. We do a little fried tofu in it. A little bit of fish sauce, sugar, vinegar. As a dressing. The dressing makes it sweet. So it's nothing what you'd expect. It's savory. The green papaya absorbs up all that dressing. 
and then peanuts. Everybody loves peanuts, fried shallots. That's it. It's absolutely beautiful. It's just a little tower, looks like a little ski mountain. I usually have it with a bowl of their rice porridge and go back and forth and back and forth. Rich and creamy, crisp and refreshing. Rich and creamy, crisp and refreshing. Super crunchy and moist and delicious. All the other ingredients in this salad are a counter to the green papaya. So you're having this layering of flavor. You get the taste of the fish sauce, the rau ram, and then the crunch of the celery. Perfect. Every time, always consistent, always super fresh. It's amazing that they've taken a fruit that was hard and underripe and made it into such a really beautiful salad. A salad like this is a must-have every time I go. You can't beat it. Chris, I dig that green papaya salad, but I want to talk about apple strudel. Really? Yeah. Strudel? Dude, get out of here. Your time's up. Let's talk about apple strudel. The apple strudel from Schmitz in San Francisco is the apple strudel by which all others should definitely be measured. It's what dreams are made of. When you walk into Schmitz, you're pretty much in the middle of Germany. And they've got the nice communal tables. People even have accents. Hello, herzlich willkommen im Schmitz. Everything on that menu is seriously delicious. But for me, the little spotlight shines right down onto their apple strudel. Apple strudel is a quintessential classic dessert. Just layers and layers of flaky dough and then stacks of apples and Schmitz knows what they're doing. Their process is done right. Strudel is traditionally rolled and our strudel is different because it's assembled in a vertical fashion. They take some phyllo dough, cover both sides of the phyllo with melted butter and layer it in the pan. So phyllo dough is something you usually see in Spanakopita, it's all kinds of Greek desserts. It's a really thin, flaky, flaky, flaky dough. Schmitz knows exactly what they're doing with that phyllo. And then they take Granny Smith apples, which are those perfect baking apples because they have this good amount of tartness. Make sure these are evenly distributed. And then on top of that, they add in cinnamon, sugar, and some golden raisins that they soak in dark rum. Anytime you add that, it's like peppery magic into your dessert. But where I've never seen this happen before, they would add in some sour cream with a little bit of some rose water. And it gives it that little, like, I don't know, exoticness that you just didn't know Germany had. And then they bake it off. And then we do four more layers of phyllo dough and put it back in the oven, and then it's done. So this huge square, like yay tall, arrives at your table. Ah. And then there's this dollop of whipped cream. It's such a perfect combo. Check it out. It's like this fabulous monument to apples. Every single bite is like pure perfection of flavor. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's good stuff. They say whatever goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas, but we letting it out today. Let me tell you, it is amazing. I love fruit, but for me, it's all about the banana. I love bananas. Bananas, bananas, banana. I love them caramelized and served with banana cake. I'm talking about the Bananas Foster Cake at Bradley Ogden's in Caesar's Palace. What better place to have a sinful dessert than Sin City itself? Mm, mm, mm. This is not your typical Bananas Foster. It's mixing the old school with the new school. Instead of just serving sauteed bananas over some vanilla bean ice cream, he served it with a banana cake and cream cheese ice cream. Bradley twisted it up a little bit. We're gonna use a lot more rum and a lot more bananas just because of you, Jeff. <laughs> when Bradley Ogden came to Las Vegas in 2002, 
I was already working at Caesar's Palace as a chef de cuisine. I've been knowing Bradley for many, many years now. Big fan of his. Bradley does amazing desserts. But this one particular dish here, that cake touched me in a way that took it down home. The first step is making the cake. It's like a little soft, fluffy banana bread. Smell it. Oh. It's to die for. And then, of course, the banana's foster sauce. It's made with rum and lots and lots of butter. And then we're going to add honeys and banana liqueur, fresh cinnamon, and, of course, the bananas. Flame it up. Let that cook for a couple minutes. When you pour this sauce over the banana cake, it brings that whole dish together. But it's the cream cheese ice cream that tops it off. This is your finished banana foster cake. It's warm. It's smooth. It's sexy. And it's very sinful. All I can say is, Lord have mercy. You got banana hitting you on this side of the palate. Bananas hitting you on this side of the palate. Cream cheese ice cream? Oh, my God. It's heaven on earth. There's no better way to combine a fruit with a dessert. Mm, mm, mm. Bradley, it's a winner, baby. You know that you're in for a really special treat. This thing blew my mind. The best fruit dish I've ever had is from Frasca in Boulder, Colorado. It's a pineapple wrapped in speck, kind of fried crispy like a tempura. Frito esotica. It's to die for. The two owners of Frosca are friends of mine. They used to work at the French Laundry in the Napa Valley, Bobby Stuckey and Lachlan Patterson. Lachlan Patterson's this young boy wonder chef. I just love his food. He had a little slice of this dish, and I think it stuck with him, which is a testament to how memorable and unusual this dish can be. You know, when you wrap things as a chef, you're always looking to contrast the inner meat or the inner vegetable, whatever you're wrapping it in, with, with something else. Uh, the joke in our kitchen is really not pig in a blanket, it's pig as a blanket. In order to make this dish, you need to find incredibly ripe pineapple. And they cut them into chunks, and then they wrap it in the speck. A smoked cured ham leg from the mountains of Italy. It's a smaller prosciutto. They're smoked outside for a good long time. So you have this prosciutto-like flavor, but this added smokiness. After that, you dredge the speck and pineapple with a little bit of cornstarch. Dredge it through the tempura-like batter, and then straight into the hot oil just for about 20 seconds. You'll start to see all the batter get nice and golden, and then you're pretty much ready to go. The best thing about this dish is they're taking flavor combinations that you would think would be horrible, and they do a total 180 on you while they're in your mouth. It just lights your taste buds on fire. That first bite, the smokiness of the speck, that smoke prosciutto really comes through. And then tempura batter's crispy, and you finish it with the pineapple that's still kind of cool and raw in the middle. You get this really kind of delicious flavor. All this going on, crispy, salty, sweet, tart. It's just magic. It's so delicious. If you really want to capture the essence of perfect fruit, you really got to eat a good sorbet. And whether it's sorbet in France or sorbetto in Italy, the best I've ever had is the sorbetto at Cafe Juanita in Kirkland, Washington. I can never decide which flavor to order. My solution is to order a bowl with several flavors in it. But I'm putting it out there. My favorite is rhubarb, the rhubarb prosecco. Hands down, the perfect sorbetto. We just moved to the Seattle area within the past year. Every time we asked for a restaurant recommendation, Cafe Juanita came up on the list of must-try restaurants. If it's a fruit, Cafe Juanita is probably making a sorbetto out of it. I cannot come to Cafe Juanita without getting the sorbetto. 
chef Holly Smith loves incorporating in seasonal local ingredients. This is local rhubarb. It is the first thing we see in spring. Rhubarb technically is a vegetable. I know, I get it. But you know, it's prepared like a fruit. It's eaten like a fruit. It's a vegetable that wants to act like a fruit. The tartness of rhubarb makes it difficult to use it all on its own. That's why you usually see rhubarb paired with another fruit, like the strawberry. I think this is the only dish I've ever had where rhubarb is actually the star without adding another fruit. We're gonna put it in a pot with a little bit of sugar, a little pinch of sea salt, and then some Prosecco. It really does cook down beautifully, and then we're gonna process it in a blender. The next step is to combine the rhubarb with simple syrup. So we'll open up this lid, pop in the sorbet, and it's ready to serve. Look at this, it's like art, isn't it? It's bright and vibrant. It's like smelling a bouquet. Easily the creamiest sorbetto I've ever had. It's kind of like frozen silk on your tongue. Look at how creamy that is. Holly works her magic with the rhubarb, keeps in the tartness, but also makes it sweet. That is heaven in my mouth. It's fruity, creamy, and absolutely delicious. I want to tell you about a food that I absolutely love, love, love. And that food has wings and little webbed feet, and it goes really well with fruit. It's called duck. The duck dish I'm gonna show you now is something you've got to have. When you think about fruit and food, most people start to think about dessert, but fruit can do really great things to savory dishes too. And I'm here to talk to you about the duck breast with fig and shallot marmalade at Locanda Vini Ioli in Clinton Hill, Brooklyn. It's the best dish I've ever eaten with fruit. So good. You know how people make that list of things to do before they die? Here's something to put on that list. If you really love duck, you've got to come out and try this dish. Laconda is owned and operated by a husband and wife team, Francois and Catherine. Catherine and Francois already lived in the neighborhood, and there was a drugstore called Lewis Drugs. The drugstore went out of business. They convinced the landlord to rent the space to them, and they kept the sign. It still says Lewis Drugs on the front of the facade. The man who greets you at the door is Francois. Buonasera, Francois. How are you? Very suave, stylish. And Catherine invented this dish. The first thing Chef Catherine does is to marinate the duck breast in honey. While that's marinating, she sautés some shallots along with some balsamic vinegar and some figs and makes for this great kind of sweet, savory marmalade. The dried figs add a touch of sweetness, but a little sour from the vinegar. It's really a great combination of flavors. Just perfect. And then she grills the duck. The honey creates some flame on the grill, which smokes the duck breast. Slices it up, fans it out on the plate, and it's just this really nice kind of round presentation. Serve with a marmalade and some chickpeas. First thing you notice when this plate lands on your table is the smell of that slightly caramelized honey. You also see beautiful color on the skin. Then when you bite into it, you get a little smokiness, a little ducky richness. When you bring in that sweet, earthy, figgy element with that little hit of balsamic, it just rounds out the flavor so gorgeously. And it's just a symphony of fruit and duckiness. But oh, it's so good. Great dish. Mm. It's spectacular.